Cassidy School's homecoming celebration will take place October 21st through the 23rd. We invite all alumni and friends to join us at our homecoming events. Thursday, October 21st is the Alumni Awards Banquet, recognizing this year's Alumni Award recipients. Distinguished graduate, William R. Pape, class of 1968. Alumni Achievement, Marion Garrett Park, class of 2000. And Young Alumni Achievement, Carly Berryman, class of 2015. Friday, October 22nd is Fall Fest, homecoming athletic games, and the induction of a new set of players, teams, coaches, and contributors to Cassidy's Athletic Hall of Fame. More information on these events can be found at www.cassidy.org homecoming. We'll see you there. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Portrait of a Graduate, an ongoing series from Cassidy School showcasing the stories and experiences of our alumni on their journey to thrive and live a life of balance, purpose, and joy. My name is Brandon Crossno, class of 2012, and the school's digital media manager. And I am Jennifer Farhaw Holmesy, class of 2000, and I am Cassidy's director of alumni relations. We're so happy to have the opportunity to share these stories with you. Today, we're sitting down with Josh Sepkowitz, class of 1998. He is also the current president of Cassidy's Alumni Association. So welcome, Josh. Well, thank you for having me. So today, what we're going to get into, since this is our first podcast that you guys are going to be listening to, we want to showcase stories of alumni, whether it be their journey from Cassidy, which we'll ask about, but also what they've been doing since graduation and in their life currently. So Josh, first off, why don't you tell us about your experiences at Cassidy and kind of go into your post-graduation? Sure. I don't know that I have uh, a memory before Cassidy School. I, I started uh, at pre-K four. I think it was half-day kindergarten at that time. And uh, I was a lifer, um, spent 16 years here and loved every minute of it. I know uh, that that might be unusual for some, but I really had a uh, – every year was an amazing year for me and, and my affinity for Cassidy School and, and what all uh, it taught me it has been uh, – really important in my life. And I, and I look at it back through the, through the lens of body, mind, and spirit primarily uh, as I look back on my Cassidy days and even, and even today and, and, and how I try to be a, a good father and, and, and teach my daughter um, uh, some of the same lessons that I learned here. But, you know, starting off Cassidy School from, from the beginning was challenging academically. And I think that has a, a lot to play uh, in in the growth of an individual, being able to fail at an early age, being able to learn from failure, because as long as you don't quit, 
um, failure is fine and, 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 and is expected and is the only way that, that we learn. So uh, I, I can remember in kindergarten counting beads or I forget exactly what it was, but I kept, I kept failing and failing. But the, uh, my, my teachers were always very supportive and, uh, and, and it started off being a great experience at, at, at that age. Cassidy also has a wonderful campus. Uh, and it 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 supports the the body component. Um, you know, not most campuses, whether they're SPC campuses or public school campuses or ISAS campuses, they don't have as wonderful a campuses as we do. And um, and I think our 88 acres. And so, even as a little one, I, we were able to play outside a, a lot during the day. We were able to see ducks. We were able to learn about fish. We were able to fish. Um, Cassidy School allowed me to learn about a lot of different things, both uh, in a classroom and um, in nature. And I think that 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 is really special about the school, Um, just stretching your mind as far as as far as you can. As I moved into middle school and started playing sports for Cassidy, um, that body component became much more uh, demanding. I, I loved playing sports here. I was uh, a football player. I swam. I didn't know anything about swimming, but Dr. Gens uh, convinced me that swimming was uh, going to be a, a, an interesting sport for me to, to stay in shape between football and baseball. And so I tried it. I could do the 50 free, and that was all I could last. But um, it was uh, it was a great experience, and I loved the fact that at the time, and I, I don't know how it is today, but they were uh, you were required to play a sport all three um, all three trimesters, and and so it just pushed you. And was I good? No, but did I have to try? Yes, and that was that was what that was what was was so important at a young age. And then in in high school, um, continued. Um, sports. I played. Um, I, I was a football captain, and so I I had a, a lot of leadership roles um, at Cassidy. I was uh, a head of chapel life. Um, I was uh, head of a number of different um, organizations, and and both um, in college and then today, in, in my role as a founder of a, a, a restaurant and entertainment company. You know, I go back and look at uh, what I learned at Cassidy, and uh, it was more, I mean, it was extremely impactful for me. I don't know that there is a, a more important time in my life than uh, up to 18 in, in terms of, yeah, you go off to college and you, you have a good time and you learn quite a bit. I went to SMU. Um, and I've, uh, and SMU was great. But in terms of forming, um, the type of person that I am, Cassidy School had uh, the largest impact other than my parents. And um, I, I, I love Cassidy. So, Well, you mentioned, well, one, that you went to SMU, and I believe that's where you met your business partner that you have today. And so can you tell us a little bit about free-range concepts and, and that? So uh, – Went to Southern Methodist University in 1998, um, and I I was a finance major. I met my roommate, Kyle Noonan, who I uh, 15 years later started Free Range Concepts with. Um, he was an art major, and I was a finance major. 
Um, it's pretty funny because it, 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 it is a left brain, right brain. Um, opposites attract. Opposites attract. Uh, I, I had uh, an, an, a pretty easy time at SMU after going through the gauntlet that is Cassidy School uh, academically. And, and, I, and I was able to uh, focus a lot on on-campus activities and, you know, I made a lot of friends real quickly and Kyle was and Kyle was one of them we both joined the same fraternity and he went into uh, restaurant management immediately and then I went into the world of finance so I was started off as an investment banker and um, I did that in New York for a couple of years and then I moved back to Dallas for a couple of years as an investment banker and then I went into the private equity world and I kind of you know, did what you're supposed to do with a finance degree. And then in 2011, I got, I was uh, laid off during the middle of the, um, uh, the Great Recession. And I didn't really know what to do. I was sort of lost. And, you know, my wife and my dad both supported me on an idea that I, that I had kind of been thinking about for a year, which was to open a bowling alley. And a lot of people thought I was kind of crazy. Like you've been a, you've been a finance guy forever. How are you going to go run a bowling alley? And I didn't know. You count pins. Yeah. That's, you count pins and you count money, right? Absolutely. So I called Kyle, uh, who was in Dallas working for, um, the Pappas family. Um, and he helped me with my business plan to put bowl and barrel together and then eventually he said, why don't we team up and do this together? And I was like, thank God, because I don't know anything about running a restaurant. I'm not a hospitality guy. I, so it worked out It worked out beautifully for us. And then within nine months of opening Bowl and Barrel, we had opened Bowl and Barrel, we had opened Mutt's Canine Cantina, and we had opened The Rustic. And they're all, all based on things that uh, either me or Kyle love. We love... I love bowling. I used to be at Heritage Lanes in a bowling league with my dad when I was young. So I've been a bowling fan forever. And there were no bowling alleys in Dallas, so we opened a bowling alley. I have three miniature schnauzers, Boomer, George, and Jazzy. And we thought a dog park would be really cool. But how do you, open, how do you make a dog park financially work? So it's a membership-based dog park and bar. Wait, hang, hang on, hang on. A membership-based dog park like yeah, a country so club for dogs it's a country club for dogs okay. we've got in dallas we have 2000 or actually we have 2200 members members wow. are the dogs <laughs> wow and uh in fort worth we have right at 1500 dog members each dog park is roughly uh, an acre to two acres and we sell uh you know memberships are our top revenue um booze second and then we sell a little bit of food but over the last couple of years we've franchised 20 locations outside of texas and our first uh unit will open up uh in september the first franchise unit so that's really exciting and then the rustic uh both kyle and i love music and love live music and we didn't want to create a music venue we wanted to create a restaurant and bar that had live music, but live music in a really big way. And so it's uh, it's a key component. We have 14 free live shows a week. A week? A wow. Week. We have four locations. Um, and so you do the math. I'm 
not I know I have a finance degree, but I'm not a very good math guy. But it's a lot of shows. So a lot of shows. We have an internal um, marketing, graphic design, music buying uh, department that falls under our 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 marketing uh, team, and we've just we've just wound our ways into the all these unique business lines that are really fun and make life worthwhile. Um, Obviously, the last year has been challenging with COVID for and being in the restaurant and entertainment business, especially. But we um, we made it through. We're quite a bit stronger, both um, team wise and financially today. Uh, but it was it was very difficult, and there were there were certainly times of of uh, utter despair and. Um, and times of, of elation throughout, you know, being able to, when you were locked down and then a month later being able to reopen and, you know, all of, you know, it was an emotional roller coaster. But today, today we're in a wonderful space. We just opened two months ago a new concept called Jolio Tex-Mex, which is in Dallas um, near SMU. And um, we're continuing to grow. And so we're, um, I'm, I'm thankful for, all of the people that uh, that that I work with, thankful for my wife, and again, a lot of my ability to handle stress um, in, in a good way and failure, I it, it just is linked back to my time at Cassidy. Like most independent schools, Cassidy relies on gifts to the annual fund to be able to provide top-tier programs and educational opportunities. Every year, the annual fund supports what matters to you at Cassidy. Extraordinary faculty, small classes, arts and athletics, technology and teaching resources, safety, unique experiences for our students, and much more. In the 2020-21 school year, the Cassidy Annual Fund helped acquire iPads and MacBooks for student use in class, contributed to the upgraded campus internet, purchased art supplies and equipment, acquired tennis balls, football helmets, and volleyballs for athletics, and purchased a clarinet and tuba and contributed to repairs on orchestra instruments. To learn more about the Annual Fund and how it helps to drive the mission of Cassidy School Forward, please visit www.cassidy.org backslash annual fund. Well, that's really amazing. Your businesses sound like they've taken off. I also, I love the Mutt's Cantina. I think, uh, Brandon, I don't know. We may need to look into a franchise here. I know. I was saying, I was like, I was like, man. Membership like dog park. And I was like, no, nope, I would, I would do that. No, totally. We pick that. up after your dogs. We have bark rangers. <laughs> bark rangers. Sounds, I know that sounds like a terribly corny name. I love but it. But we have bark rangers. I love that name. And um, we have we have servers that bring you drinks. And it's you got to feed a, the humans. You got to feed and drink the, the and, yeah. and, and, and libate the humans. So uh, yeah, we take care of everybody. Well, but fantastic. it's a it's a it's a really of all the brands, it's the most fun. I mean, then you can just do the. We have Wolfstock where we bring out uh, uh, bands. We do movie nights. We do yoga. Uh, yoga for dogs. We've done goat yoga. Oh, my oh, gosh. Um, in, in months. We do all kinds of funny. And I'm Santa Paws every year. So <laughs> That's I take, great. I take pictures with about 1,000 dogs between two days. Um, but, yeah, it's just fun. 
I bet the pandemic with all these people getting pandemic dogs has really helped that take yes, off. Yes, lots of pandemic dogs. Our membership doubled between oh, wow. um, between May of 2020 and um, the fall of 2020. Wow, that's unbelievable. It was it was un, it was unreal. I mean, it's just a it was a it was a pandemic. Uh, not proof concept. It it, it thrived from the, <laughs> it thrived, it thrived from on it. it. Um, Absolutely. So I don't know. I want to let our listeners know that Josh actually we recruited him to the alumni association board. So in the past, the association only had board members that were here locally. But as everyone knows, during the pandemic, we had to adapt and figure out new ways to engage. And one of those, because we weren't able to meet in person, was Zoom meetings for our board meetings. And one thing that we talked about here at the school and as a board as a whole is how can we make our reach larger throughout the United States and not just in Oklahoma And as of last year, we added out-of-state board members. And Josh had always been an active part of the Alumni Association. And I actually said, you know what, I think he'd be a great addition. He lives in Dallas, but because we're doing these virtually, let's get him added on. So he and actually six other board members are out-of-state. And then after the year, we asked him if he would be our president. So we voted on it and he graciously accepted. So I want you to kind of talk about your role on the association and what you feel could be some next steps. You know, living in living in Dallas, I'm uh, around, I'm surrounded by SPC and ISA schools. My daughter actually um, starts kindergarten uh, at Parish Episcopal, which is an ISA school. And it's interesting to see how all the other schools handle um, alumni relations, alumni giving, um, being alumni being involved on campus. And so as I as I looked at, okay, I'm in Dallas, can I can I actually benefit my 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 alma mater? The answer is was easily yes for me because my I could I'm here a lot. I'm in Oklahoma City a lot. My father still lives here and uh, I actually chose never to leave Dallas and to go to SMU so I could be close to family. And so for me, um, being in Oklahoma City is, is very normal. And um, wanting to benefit Cassidy uh, in any way I can um, is something that I've always um, wanted to do. And so when I, w- when I was asked, it was certainly a, uh, an honor and, and, and something that, that I wanted to do. And, you know, coming out of such a difficult year – from a community perspective, and, and, and by that I mean that, you know, students were on campus, parents, I'm not sure how it was at Cassidy, but parents were not allowed on campus um, in, uh, in any of the Dallas schools, uh, any of the SPC schools. And so there was this, as a new parent at Parrish, I didn't know any parents. I didn't really understand what is the parish culture? And so in talking with some of the Cassidy alum uh, and parents, you know, there, there, there is somewhat – there was a, a – a, not a, a breakdown, but it was, just a, a, it was just a fact that if people aren't in person, they don't, they don't have a strong relationship. There's a disconnect. So one of, um, one of my primary 
goals is to work toward um, alumni being more connected with the school. And some of that is, and it's why I, I, I want to have meetings on campus. I'm, you know, obviously things are fluid, but my, my goal is to have alumni be seen on campus, not just at a football game or uh, a sporting event or for an, you know homecoming, but to actually be seen benefiting and, and doing things for the students so that because that's healthy for both the al- alumnus and it's I think it's very helpful for the student to understand that connection um, because it's very easy to graduate and forget about wherever you came from. Trying to connect with college kids, I think, is, is what, at least to make sure that they understand, like, here, here's kind of what being an alumni is all about, uh, I think, is, is, is a start. But, but really getting some of those alumni that are in their 30s and 40s uh, and 50s that, you know, sometimes just get really, some of them have kids here, a lot of them have kids here, but, um, you know, there are certainly alumni that, that don't have kids here uh, and um, you know, just having having more of that community—that's that's really one of the primary initiatives I think for me uh, as alumni uh, association president is 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 just building back community, right? And to be seen, I like that too. We do find that you know we call them the pre-kid years. So it's once you've left Cassidy and maybe you've gone to college or you're in your first job out of college, that's the time when we consider those alumni maybe lost. And so I think being seen and being heard on campus while they're still here and then still being able to talk to them while they're gone before maybe they have kids and bring them back to the school or before maybe they've gotten a little older and nostalgic is a great way to continue just that awareness and recognition of the association. And so I appreciate. I was probably the nerdy, weird guy that went to the <laughs> uh, Cassidy football games during college and, and after college, whenever I was in town, I still do. Living your glory days. Living my glory days. My dad and I just coming and hanging out. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, I think, Brandon, do you have any other, you know, pressing questions about any of No, that? you know, I feel like we just teed Josh up and then he just ran with, he, he really ran with the question. This so, is a yeah. pretty easy get-go. So, well, one thing that Brandon and I want to do, um, it's kind of a, I don't know what you want to call them, but we want to give you these three questions at the end just to kind of see, and you're going to laugh when you hear them, but um, we, we want them to be our closing three questions. So the first one what was your favorite meal from Calvert? Steak fingers. Oh, well, oh, there, there you, you go. go. Steak fingers were delicious. 100%. <laughs> steak fingers rolls with ranch. Rolls with ranch. Yeah, that's a good one. Don't like even it. have to. Not even. Not no, even that's a not even a question. And then from a tradition perspective, what was your favorite Cassidy tradition or aspect of campus that you can remember. You know, I think my, uh, as an upper schooler, my my favorite tradition was uh, wearing jerseys on game days. Uh, and there was a, you know, there was a lot of school spirit 
that was my favorite tradition that we did. I like it. Well, you'll be happy to know that now we've implemented what are called Spirit Wear Fridays. It had originally been kind of a COVID thing. We wanted to boost morale with the kids on campus and really all the faculty and staff, but we've kept that around. So every Friday is Spirit Wear Friday. You wear your favorite Casti colors and like you, the upper division, they're in their uniforms. The cheerleaders are in their cheer outfits and Gales wears their pep club uniforms. And so we have implemented that. So it's, it's still around. It's great. Um, okay. So one of the last questions is what faculty member do you remember the most fondly? By far, Dr. Gens. Um, Dr. Gens, uh, who's subsequently passed, but he was my AP history teacher and he was a, he was a, he was a character and he was he was v- brutally difficult, um, but he was very challenging, um, and he was also my swim coach. And so he was, he was. Um, I was with Doctor Gens a lot, and uh, he just challenged me in a lot of different ways. He, uh, I remember him asking me, uh, "Why are you going to go to SMU?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, they've got a good business school and." I don't know that he was very happy with my answer, but um, he was he was constantly challenging me. But he was he was also uh, a a good mentor and a, a good friend. And so, uh, Doctor Gens, top of the list. I love that, and I do think that he would um, he would definitely be proud of where you have come since then. Well, so. I hope so. <laughs> We've thoroughly enjoyed having you here with us today, Josh. Um, thanks for taking some time. My pleasure. While you're here in Oklahoma City to sit down and talk with us about what you've been up to since you graduated and a little bit about your role with the, the Cassidy Alumni Board. Yeah, thank you so much. We well, really thank you appreciate all for having it. Me. If you know of a Cassidy School alum that would be excellent to feature on an upcoming episode, please email us at alumni at cassidy.org. We would also love to hear from any Cassidy alum who want to reconnect with the school. In the meantime, you can keep up with activity and excitement on campus by following the school on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links are in the episode description. Thank you for listening to this first episode of Portrait of a Graduate.